0: Welcome listeners to Snippet Sports Science Podcast, sponsored by EliteForm.com. We have a requested article today, so big shout out and thank you to Will. And this article is The Physiological and Psychological Effects of Exercise on Sexual Functioning. Now, the big takeaway from this article is that even modest increases in physical activity are positively associated with enhanced sexual functioning. Sexual functioning is also strongly linked to overall health supporting the usefulness of including sensitively presented information about the benefits of exercise and being physically fit as it relates to sexual functioning and adult health education curricula. Gender and age differences, physical self-concept, and well-being have also emerged as important factors when considering the links between physical fitness, sexual functioning, and overall health. So this is quite a comprehensive review article and
1: what they said here, the evidence-based understanding is required to more fully appreciate how and why physical activity and physical fitness defined as cardiovascular endurance, muscular strength, muscular endurance, flexibility and body composition are associated with overall health across the adult lifespan. For the purpose of this research that was done for this article, they focused on the links between physical fitness, sexual functioning and overall health. Longevity, quality of life and successful development in aging are closely associated with physical activity and physical fitness. Those who are more active and fit physically tend to live longer, have a higher quality of life and develop successfully as opposed to those who lead a sedentary lifestyle. Inasmuch as the benefits of being physically fit across the lifespan seems clear, this is a tough to reconcile considering the US, UK, European and Asian obesity epidemic
0: This is a really relevant paper. Absolutely. And sex is another one of those things, similar to exercise and diet, that it's very difficult to speak to people about in an empirical setting because everyone does it. You know, so everyone, there's quote unquote common knowledge of what effects does sex have. And so a lot of the things that we discussed today might not necessarily be along the social norms of what most people consider to be healthy sexual practice, but it is the empirical evidence.
1: Yeah, in general, being more physically fit and healthy are associated with optimal sexual functioning across the adult lifespan. On the other hand, sexual dysfunction, defined as the decreased overall sexual function, desire, arousal, and orgasm, tends to increase precipitously by a decade after the age of 50. Sexual dysfunction, such as erectile dysfunction, has been linked also to fewer hours of exercise per week, obesity, smoking, alcohol consumption, and television viewing time. Noticeably in one study, they documented that each of these variables were modifiable with greater physical activity, not smoking, leanness, and moderate alcohol consumption being associated with decreased risk of erectile function. As we all know, we make small lifestyle changes, and people always say it's made a massive difference. This is what they're really saying here.
0: Yeah, that's great. Anyone who's having issues with sexual functioning, I think, should feel very hopeful about the fact that most of these factors are modifiable there are lifestyle changes that you can make to improve your sexual functioning. Exactly right.
1: Sexual dysfunction is clearly having a negative impact on an increasing number of individuals due to the rise of obesity and the lowered rates of physical activity. One study suggested that the lifestyle risk factors for erectile dysfunction are similar to those risk factors for life-threatening conditions such as heart disease and stroke. Thus, diagnosing and acknowledging sexual dysfunctions can be a vital tool in the early detection of cardiovascular disease and diabetes. Adult healthcare professionals would seem to be the ideal partners in community efforts to skillfully create awareness and a sense of what to do about these issues.
0: A lot of the connection between physical fitness and sexual function is mediated by people's self-image. As someone becomes more physically fit, they become more comfortable with themselves and are then able to have improved sexual functioning. So, for example, it's reported that overweight individuals are more likely to report apprehensions about nudity and that a higher body mass index can result in avoidance of sexual situations. Dissatisfaction with physical appearance can result in sexual problems. And so, by being more physically fit, we can improve the satisfaction with our physical appearance. In addition to the psychological detriments, there are also physiological consequences. For example, high levels of body fat inversely impact testosterone levels which affects both sex drive and orgasmic function. Sexual dissatisfaction and sexual difficulties are common among individuals with excess weight. Both overweight and obese women and men report a decreased sexual desire. For men that had a body mass index greater than 28.7, there was a 30% higher risk for erectile dysfunction. And in fact, 75% of men with erectile dysfunction were classified as overweight or obese. Very strong relationship there. Half of obese men reported difficulty with sexual performance, while over 40% recorded problems with sexual desire. A third of women found that they usually, or always, experienced sexual difficulty with sexual performance. Similarly, 40% of obese women reported that they did not enjoy sexual activity. Overall, the relationship between adult self-concept and sexual function is yet to be established. However, low self-esteem often leads to risky, promiscuous sex practices. Interestingly, sexual behaviour is not based on an authentic sexual desire in these individuals, but rather on a fear of rejection, loneliness and abandonment.
1: With respect to gender and sexual behaviour, men recounted more uncontrolled or unwanted thoughts about sex than women. Men were more likely also to report greater erotophilia, which is assesses an individual's disposition to respond to sexual cues, or more frequent sexual daydreaming. One study asked undergraduates to count the number of times they thought about food, sleep and sex over the course of a week. Men thought about sex more frequently than women, but they also thought more about food and sleep, indicating that men may have a more thoughts regarding personal needs than women. The desire to have multiple partners is another indicator of sex drive. Another interesting fact here was that in one study, the responses from a nationally circulated survey found that men orgasm more than women. However, Women can experience orgasms less than half, 49%, as often as men in habitual hookups, and only one third, 32%, compared with men in one night stands. In monogamous relationships, men initiate sex two to three times as often as women, and women refuse sex more often than men. Regardless of the point in the relationship, men desire sex more than women. Men report more sexual experiences and have more permissive attitudes about sex. Men are ready for sex early in the relationship, and they're more likely to claim that an unwilling partner is the reason
0: for an inactive sex life. Sexual activity has tremendous benefits, both physical and psychological. However, these benefits are rarely explicitly discussed because promoting sexual activity for health benefits contradicts social norms. Intercourse has been found to have far greater physiological benefits than other. Hang on, can we use the word coitus? I don't want to
1: Arth- use After the big bang theory, love the word coitus. I'm not going to use the word. <laughs> it's got it in.
0: Here. I know. But I'm gonna replace that with intercourse. <laughs> intercourse provides far greater physiological benefits than other sexual activities. This is likely due to a much greater rise in prolactin following orgasm. I actually thought this was quite interesting in relation to uh, heat knowledge that we have. So it's a very common issue with firefighters that because one of the hormonal responses to heat, like sauna or being a firefighter in a fire, is actually prolactin. So number two is that growth hormone. But actually, the greatest hormone response to heat exposure is prolactin. And so something that we find with firefighters in particular is that they have such high prolactin responses to being in a fire that they end up without any sex drive. Really? Yeah. So apparently, firefighters, I mean, they're they're sex symbols in our society, largely posters and whatnot of them. But actually, firefighters often have very low sex drives, and it causes a lot of marital issues for them. Man, just the, just the, That's about point. prolactin, yeah, all that, because it's that satisfaction that prolactin causes. The sexual society creates a negative feedback loop, and the greater the relief and the greater the drop in sexual tension and craving. What they found is that when compared to masturbation, sexual intercourse prolactin increase is 400% greater. That's four times larger from sexual intercourse than from masturbation. Also, intercourse requires more emotional interaction and greater synchronicity. This results in more brain activity, as well as increases in oxytocin levels, which encourages pair bonding between the two people. Sex can provide cardiovascular improvements and pain reduction, resulting from the endorphins and corticosteroids released during sexual arousal and orgasm. These hormonal responses can also reduce anxiety and evoke feelings of calmness, security, and contentment. Some researchers have found that there's an inverse correlation between sex hormones and sexual arousal in women. When there is an increase in cortisol levels, there are lower scores on the arousal desire and satisfaction domains and self-report sexual function index. Conversely, women who have low levels of sexual functioning show an increase in cortisol in response to sexual stimuli, indicating that the stress related to sexual performance may interfere with sexual arousal. Alexithymia, defined as the inability to identify and describe one's emotions, is also linked to the lack of intercourse. Some researchers found that the frequency of intercourse But not other sexual activities was linked to a woman's ability to recognize, identify, and communicate emotions. Research has found that individuals who have sex one to two times a week have an increased immune system, as shown by immunoglobulin A (IgA).
1: This is something we actually use in our own work with athletes as well, isn't it? Yeah, this is another link.
0: So, a lot of our sort of like stay healthy type of projects are based around the monitoring and attempts to increase IgA, and so as a IgA intervention.
1: Inadequate adequate levels of IgA cause deficient individuals to be susceptible to
0: allergies, infections, and autoimmune conditions. So they found that individuals who have sex fewer than once a week have a slight increase in IgA over those who abstain completely. Those who have intercourse one to two times per week have a 30% increase in levels of IgA. Intercourse three or more times a week does not provide any additional benefit. In middle-aged married men, there is no correlation between the frequency of orgasm and the incidences of stroke. However, there is an inverse relationship between the frequency of orgasm and incidences of coronary heart disease. After 10 years, those in the low and intermediate sexual frequency group of this research were twice as likely to suffer a fatal coronary heart attack as those reporting intercourse at least once a week. So that's starting to tell us probably the right amount of sex is one to two times per week for the health benefits.
1: Sounds like you're prescribing.
0: Exactly, it is a prescription. The relationship between sexual activity and depression has also been analyzed. Some researchers have found that women who have sex without condoms, regardless of their relationship status, are less depressed than women who identify themselves as usually and always wearing a condom. So this is one of those things that goes against the social norms. Depression symptoms for women who did not use condoms were directly proportional to the number of days since their last sexual encounter. The consistency of condom use is directly proportional to depressive symptoms. This could be due to hormones in the seminal plasma, such as testosterone, estrogen, prolactin, prostaglandins, which are absorbed through the vagina and can modulate depressive symptoms. Finally, frequency of ejaculation has been researched in relation to the risk for prostate cancer. What has been found is that high ejaculation frequency, defined as 21 or more times per month, is associated with a decreased risk for total and organ-confined prostate cancer, suggesting that frequent ejaculatory output may reduce the concentration of carcinogens in the prostate. That's some
1: amazing facts there. Yeah. That's incredible.
0: Yeah. People need to be ejaculating, men need to be ejaculating two out of three days to reduce their risk of prostate cancer. I'm learning tons of you. We have this huge stigma against ejaculation, against masturbation, and yet it's actually, you need to be doing it for your health. The next
1: section talks about exercise and sexual function. With all our episodes, you know, we all know that, Physical activity increases strength, endurance, body composition, and physical fitness. It stimulates testosterone, a libido-dependent hormone, and we've spoken a lot about the role of hormones or testosterone performance, but it also has a role here as well, which triggers blood flow to the genital region and also found that low levels of physical activity can keep sex organs in better working conditions. So significant correlations have been found between exercise and sexual function. There's lots of stories here and I'm just going to just give you little snippets. So for example, treadmill exercise duration has predicted sexual activity duration. In this study, participants experienced 2.3 extra minutes of sexual
0: activity for each additional minute of treadmill time. So that's time to exhaustion on a treadmill accurately predicts someone's sexual stamina. Correct. More fitness, more stamina. We we basically have an empirical test for how long can someone last in bed.
1: Correct. Being a uh, power athlete.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> reckon strength and power athletes struggle a little more with stamina. You know, it's, it's a lot more weight to move.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on quickly there. In a study of over 5,000 Finnish women aged 40 to 59, it was statistically significant associations were found between perceived health and sexual experiences. A negative attitude towards oneself was associated with negative sexual experiences and performance impairment. Strenuous exercise was associated with orgasm amongst women 42 to 46 years, but not among women 52 to 56 years. Another really interesting study looked at the correlation between physical activity, sex hormones, and sexual activities of 531 men. Moderate to intense physical activity was associated with increased concentrations of hormones, which, in turn, increased the frequency of masturbation and sexual intercourse. So although there's been numerous correlation studies involving self-reported exercise, there's little research examining the effects of physical fitness on sexual function. In another study where subjects were randomly selected to participate in an exercise group, the physical activity group exercised between three and five days a week at an intensity of 75 to 80% of maximal heart rate. In comparison with the control group, the exercise group had high levels of sexual arousal and sexual activity and lower levels of sexual dysfunction and dissatisfaction. Furthermore, in the exercise group, frequency of deep kissing increased by 20%, coitus and orgasm increased by 30%, frequency of orgasms increased by 26%, and rates of masturbation increased by 50%. These changes cannot solely be attributed to physiology because body fat percentage also decreased by 19% in the exercise group. Therefore, changes in body image and psychological health may
0: also have contributed to changes in sexual function. So that seems to be a pretty strong change that a lot of these changes that we would think are due to exercise are largely due to the fact that exercise gives us a better body, better confidence, better stamina mm-hmm. rather than an actual direct physiological effect. Both physiological and psychological improvements are associated with sexual pleasure, erectile function, frequency of sexual activity, and the ability to have orgasm. However, it's also correlated to body image, self-concept, and sex drive. High levels of body fat inactivity and excess weight can cause hormonal changes which negatively affect the sex drive and orgasmic function. Physical endurance and muscle tone have been found to improve sexual functioning. Short and intense physical activity is associated with an increase in testosterone, which increases sex drive, sexual interest, and sexual function. Improvements in cardiovascular health can improve blood flow and blood flow to the genitals. That's somewhere where I think blood flow restriction training might also jump in there. If you want to improve cardiovascular health, especially to the groin region, you know, you would wear your BFR cuffs pretty close to the groin. We know that there are proximal effects from that sort of cuff usage. Definitely. Yeah, Uh, good point. Sexual functioning is related to better physiological and psychological well-being. Sexual dysfunction is less likely to arise in people who are in good health. Good health is significantly associated with frequent sex and quality sex life. People in very good or excellent health are 2.2 and 1.6 times more likely to report an interest in sex than those in fair or good health. Similarly, at age 55, those who are in very good or excellent health gain an average of 5 to 7 sexual years for men and 3 to 6 sexual years for women, as opposed to those who are in fair or poor health health is very important.
1: Uh, overall, when you, when you look at this whole concept here, this evidence-based literature review revealed that better physical fitness was positively linked to physical self-concept and sexual satisfaction. Furthermore, the review added to the emergent evidence that enhanced physical fitness is positively related to improvements in both sexual
0: functioning and overall health. However, there has been a lack of intervention studies actually examining that if you give someone an exercise intervention, what effects will that have? Similarly, there's even less likely to be a study that would actually have a sexual intervention and see what effects that that has on exercise.
1: The article then actually went on to implications for practice and so forth. And really, when you look at society at the moment, it's so easy to become sedentary. You know, you go down to fast food places and you get like a small meal for $5.95 you got Netflix, things are cheap and affordable, that stuff isn't really good for you. Therefore, you know, people have to make a concerted effort to actually get out there, turn the TV off, turn the phones off and actually interact with their fellow friends or even their children. Or their lover. Their lover in this case, two to three times a week. As a conclusion, the present study furthers developed body of research indicating a positive relationship between physical and psychological health and sexual well-being. Many physically healthy individuals may exercise and eat well, but overlook the integral role that sexual activity plays in happiness and self-concept. In addition to preserving the human species, sexual activity is a vital aspect of quality of life." Great statement. Great statement. That, That was a nice article to review here, some really fantastic facts.
0: Yeah, a lot of things I think most people just would be completely unaware of.
1: Definitely. So thanks, Will, to asking us to review that paper. And if anyone else there has a paper that they're interested in us reviewing, please make sure you hit us up on our social media.
0: At snippetscience, S-N-I-P-P-I-T, science. And please visit our sponsor.
1: Eliteform.com.